Hey, South Africa. Welcome to Farmers Inside Track Weekend Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu, editor for audience and engagement at Foodform Zanzi. In this week's episode, we share some highlights from one of our recent hashtag FarmSpaces sessions about beekeeping. Foodform Zanzi's FarmSpaces host, Guguletu Matlangu, chats to a number of experts on how to get started as a beekeeper. We have wonderful guest speakers from different countries, and I'm really excited about that. And we are going to be learning about how to start your own beekeeping company, what bees are all about, where do you even buy bees? All these questions that you and I have are going to get answered today. I'm going to start with you, Mr. Bees. I'm Joseph Hart, but I prefer to be called Mr. Bees. What I do, I do beekeeping, I do farming, I do rabbit farming, I do a bit of mushroom growing. So basically, that's what I do. To our second speaker, Eden Roots, please just introduce yourself. My name is Metsana Kojani from a company called Eden Roots. I have been doing this journey in agriculture for about eight years. And beekeeping, I only added for around five years. And other than beekeeping, we do agro-processing of some high products that we get as byproducts of honey production. We also do assist a bit with pollination. And then we also plant herbs that we package into teas. Eden Roots, you've been in this industry for eight years. But if I wanted to get into beekeeping, like where do I even start? What kind of bees are available in South Africa? Are there different types of species of bees? You know, who is selling bees? Where do I start? You start by looking for a beekeeping course. I think that's the best place to start. You find where you can get beekeeping classes because what you need first and foremost is knowledge. Read as much material as you can get. Do your own research. Nowadays, the internet got a wealth of knowledge. Go through as many videos as you can get. They are very useful. And then I would also say for a beekeeper within your area who can mentor you and support you through your journey. Hi, Dubi. Thank you so much for um, being here, where you're from. I'm Kugwanya Ihani, based in Nigeria. A beekeeper, and I've been keeping bees for over 10 years now. So my beekeeping because out of curiosity and was thrilled when, on getting to school one day, I saw that it's one of the things that was to be thought. We have been introduced into beekeeping. I said, well, this is something I've been looking for. I want to get more knowledge about it, and it was just interesting. So I got into it quickly, got a hive and started my beekeeping career. And today I'm continuing in beekeeping, producing honey and other products like the wax. Mentor and train people in beekeeping. That's wants many more people into it. Where do you get beehive? What does a beehive look like or is supposed to look like? Beehive is practically anything, any container or hollow where bees stay, build their comb, reproduce, leave and continue to store their honey. So there's no fixed shape or size of a beehive. You can have something adapting it to your needs. There are different types of hives. We have an example is a Langstroth hive, and one is a top bar hive. So there are many variations, but it's essentially a box, a box with, when you're talking about top bar hives, you have bars on them. And if it's on like a Langstroth hive or a frame hive, you have frames, which could be with or without foundation which are starting points for bees to build upon. Can you construct your own hive or do you have to like buy it at someone who makes these hives? 
I do construct my hives. I encourage beekeepers to learn to construct hives. It makes it cheaper for you, raise your profit levels. And the truth is that bees are not after making things so fanciful. Sometimes when you see cavities that bees inhabit on their own, they don't have all you to give to the bees by yourself. They get into trees, get into roofs, get into containers. You may drop a bucket somewhere in the forest and you see bees go in because they're in need of space. There may be a hole in a tree and bees find it comfortable. They go in there, begin to live and reproduce. In fact, some trees have been known to house bees for tens of years, 10, 20, 30 years. So it mustn't be fanciful. You mustn't make it too beautiful. Make sure it has what they need. No offensive smell. You get the entrance, something they will like. Keep it cool and without disturbance, and the bees can always like it. They did not have any offensive smell, no disturbance. Bees will like it. Hi, Mr. Bees. Could you just kindly introduce yourself? Tell us what you do and where you're based. I'm based originally from Northwest in a village called Maguloga. I keep bees in Pretoria North. I think now I have about two years approaching my third year since I have started the project keeping bees. What I do basically, I keep bees in a safe environment where there is no noise. I heard that some of my colleagues have already indicated that bees will thrive well in a peaceful environment where there is no disturbance. So I have started a project and keeping bees. I also do some bee removals around Houting. One of the reasons why I have joined this field is that I myself am an activist and I believe more into conservation. So I have been doing a lot of work in environmental activism. So when I first attended the conference, then I got hooked because I also went there with a little bit of an agricultural background because I hold a degree in agronomy. So I had a bit of knowledge that that is what you call a pollination and thought bees uh, basically will not have food because they, they contribute plus or minus 75% as pollinators. I got hooked. I came back. I found myself a mentor. It is very important and I hope my colleagues will agree with me. So when I was at the big conference, uh, I found myself a mentor who helped me to establish this project. We are basically doing, we keep bees, we relocate bees to the same environment, which is our farm in Victoria North. Of late, we have started uh, processing honey in our farm and we sell it across the country to different clientele. We have also recently started to do a lot of education because the industry that uh, we are in is very small. So in order for us to sell, we will need to educate people about the fake honey stuff and other agricultural products that are fake in the industry so that uh, people can be able to support uh, products which are authentic products that are produced in the country. Thanks, Gugu. Can't wait for the next hashtag farm spaces session about how to thrive as a township farmer in Mzanzi. Catch hashtag farm spaces every Monday at 6 p.m. on Food for Mzanzi's Twitter. Now, before we let you go this week, new farmers, have you ever heard about the Rift Valley fever? It affects mainly sheep, cattle and buffalo and symptoms include abortion storms and sudden death in young animals. Dr. Didi Klaassen, AfriVet's technical and marketing executive, highlights some of the preventative measures farmers should be aware of. Prevention is definitely better than cure. So the first step I can give is for farmers to vaccinate their animals. We can't get rid of all the mosquitoes. I really wish we could. It would make summer so much better and is more enjoyable if we didn't have to spray and douse ourselves with mosquito repellent and then still get bitten. But yeah, we can't stop them. So the best thing would then be to vaccinate our herds. 
There are two registered Rift Valley Fever vaccines available in South Africa. The one is a live vaccine which you can give once off and it gives good immunity to the animals, but it can't be given to pregnant animals because it can induce a fever which can lead to abortions. But there's a second type which is the attenuated virus or sort of made more calm vaccine that people can give to their pregnant animals. It doesn't give the same level of immunity, so there are boosters involved, so second doses of vaccinations that need to be given but it will protect your herd during an outbreak. And it's important that we make sure that our animals have antibodies and that they're not susceptible to the virus. And um, as with anything in life, it works on supply and demand. So it's important that we get our vaccine now because if there is an outbreak, usually everyone is then looking for vaccine and then it might not be available. So that's why we're warning to make sure that if there's a rainy season um, coming as what they are predicting at the moment, it's important to make sure that you vaccinate now for the mosquitoes hatch that might have the virus. So that's tip number one. Tip number two, like I said, with the mozzie repellent, you can do the similar thing for your sheep to prevent the mozzie bites. So vaccinate and then use a repellent. So your pyrethroids work very well against your flying insects like mosquitoes and flies. So any other pour on or a dip that you can use that contains a pyrethroid like delta methrin works really well. And then lastly, know which area you're living in where you're farming. There are specific areas in South Africa that have had reports of Rift Valley fever, sporadic outbreaks and big outbreaks. We have large outbreaks every 20, 30 years, but then we have these little sporadic outbreaks where there was an increase in rainfall for that specific area, the correct mosquito eggs hatched, and then the, mos- the disease could be transmitted again. So it's really important that you know where you're farming, <laughs> that you protect your animals in these areas. And then lastly, for members of the public who aren't farming, to know where you're buying your from, to warn your friends who are farming, and then also to drink Thanks again for joining us, Dr. Didi Klaassen, AfriVet's technical and marketing executive. Now that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Remember, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members, and fellow farmers. From me, Don Numdu, our producer, Megan van Defen, and the rest of the Food Form Zanzi team, have a great week. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.